Welcome to the Appalachia Reformation Network. This is Kelly Baldrige. I'm your host. And today I have a special guest who also is a host on many other podcast episodes we have. And his name is Sean Morris. Sean, it's good to have you on the Appalachia Reformation Network. Thanks so much, Kelly. Thanks for having me back again. Glad to be here. Yeah. So today uh, we are putting you in the hot seat. Uh, It's not really that hot, though. As we talk about uh, one of your hats that you wear uh, with Bright. Uh, First off, what is Bright? Well, Bright is a handy little acronym, and it stands for a a much longer uh, institutional name, and it stands for Blue Ridge Institute for Theological Education. And uh, we're based out of Roanoke, Virginia, where I serve as, as a as a minister, and Bright um, began, let's see, we're in 2021. Bright formally began in 2016. That's when we were chartered. Uh, so we've been going going strong for about five years now. And uh, uh, it, in the Lord's kindness, we've been been blessed to expand a, a couple different locations. And so we have some uh, some satellite locations where we offer courses and, and classes and training seminars, not only in Roanoke, but also in Radford, Virginia, in uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, this fall in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, but then also we have lots of uh, various connections with local churches uh, throughout Kentucky and West Virginia as well, and uh, hopefully we'll see how the Lord is able to develop those partnerships uh, so that we are able to serve various churches and folks uh, in those regions as time goes on. Yeah, thank you. Um, Bride is is dear to my heart as well as I'm able to uh, finish up my seminary education at Bright. I'm thankful for the opportunity to do so. So I've, I've been able to take some classes with Bright and very thankful for uh, the level of education Bright is offering, but also Bright not only is offering high level education, uh, but also practical education. And tell me more about how Bright has a vision for uh, rural ministry and, and meeting the needs of pastors uh, and and not only pastors, but also those who are called to ministry. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, let me, I'll start by giving just a tiny little bit of the history of how we got started. Um, so prior to 2016, I think maybe, I think it was the late 70s, early 80s, there was an organization in Roanoke that got started that was called RIBS. So our predecessor organization was called RIBS, the Roanoke Institute of Biblical Studies. And what that was, as I understand it, because there's only a few men still around who were involved in that effort back then, uh, was just it was supposed to be a pastoral college of sorts, not on not unlike uh, Charles Spurgeon's pastors college, just on a much smaller scale uh, where they were training pastors for this area. Uh, Maybe maybe it was men who had uh, were already pastoring, but they were never formally trained in certain areas like Hebrew or Greek. So they would offer Hebrew and Greek classes for them. Or maybe it was for pastors. Uh, who were potential pastors, men who were thinking of being called into the ministry, but they wanted to study locally in order to serve locally. Well, as the years went on, ribs just kind of fizzled out. Um, I think in the maybe the the, the mid-early 2000s, uh, it just sort of petered out and uh, off it went. But then, um, so there's, there's a great little uh, friendship and network here in Roanoke of, uh, of pastors who are serving Presbyterian churches, Reformed Baptist churches, uh, non-denominational churches who are uh, in the the Reformed and Calvinistic tradition, and we get together so often uh, for prayer and for fellowship. And I guess it was 2015, 2016, the, the conversation started to uh, 
develop of, hey, we're having people in our congregations ask the question, whatever happened to ribs, can we bring that back again? And can we make it for lay people as well this time and not only pastors? And so we, we thought about it. We prayed about it. We started talking to more of the folks in our various congregations. And it really did seem that this was uh, a, a genuine interest, not just a passing fad. So we prayed about it. We put our heads together and we, and we charted uh, a, a small steering committee and we charted a, a course forward. And we were formally chartered in 2016 and we began offering classes in 2017. And, and that's what Bright is here to do. We are, I think the best way to describe ourselves is a study center for the region. Uh, and, and what that means is we are in no way trying to compete with uh, the traditional established theological seminaries. You know, you and I both studied at a traditional theological seminary, uh, RTS in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, we were very happy. Those were wonderful years. I wouldn't trade them for anything. Uh, I'm still a student of a traditional theological seminary. Uh, I'm a student at Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I'm pursuing my PhD from a distance. Uh, so this effort in no way seeks to uh, compete with those institutions. Rather, I think it seeks to serve particular niche groups of the church that maybe are unable uh, to study at the traditional seminary, or maybe the traditional seminaries are unable to serve them uh, in an effective way. So we're just trying to be a, a, a complement to those efforts and serve particular niche groups uh, that where we can. And so we, when we started in 2016, we just noted that there were a number of men in our circles who, um, for a variety of reasons, were unable to pick up their families and move to the traditional seminaries. Uh, or maybe they were uh, second career and they were feeling a call to the ministry and they wanted to pursue that vocationally, but they were not able to retire from their current position yet. Or maybe it was just a, a financial burden and even, even online options were just cost prohibitive for them. And so Bright seeks to serve that need for one, for, for those who are considering uh, a formal call into pastoral ministry. Uh, all of the men that we have teaching in our classrooms are ordained ministers who are either in the midst of pursuing, like myself, their terminal degree, or they've already earned their terminal degree. So all the guys that we have teaching have earned their PhD or their D-min, or they're earning their PhD, their D-min. And so they've, they're academically qualified and credentialed to be in the classroom. And we meet in church fellowship halls. We meet in church Sunday school buildings, in, the, in nights and weekends, various seminars and conferences. And because we're doing it this way, we're able to keep costs very, very minimal and keep tuition very, very minimal. So it's very affordable and very cost-effective for those who want to study in a formal capacity who might have been financially prohibited otherwise. But that's only part of what uh, Bright is trying to do. The, the other segment of what we're trying to do is really equip the layperson. So the people in the churches who are not seeking to be ordained pastors, but they want to serve in their churches effectively. Uh, we're talking like the Bible study leaders, the Sunday school teachers, the, the ladies' prayer group leader, uh, the children's uh, leaders in some capacities, you know, to, if they can be better equipped to serve in their churches, elders, deacons, you know, they might take a class here or there about the gospels and acts, or they might take a class on covenant theology, or they might take a class on the doctrine of the church or the doctrine of scripture. And that's going to be so useful to them. Uh, we One of our most popular classes that we offer from, from lay people taking that are the biblical and pastoral counseling classes. Uh, in, in so many of our churches, people are in crisis, in crises in so much of their lives. And so as people are able to take these classes and just get a little bit more training and insight, they're able to go back to their own churches and serve more effectively. So they're not looking for a degree. They're not looking necessarily for a formal structure program. They just want to take uh, ongoing, continuing education opportunities for themselves from time to time so that they can be more faithful, more fruitful 
uh, members in their local churches. And then also probably the third component of what we do is just offer continuing education opportunities for pastors, uh, for guys like yourself and myself who uh, maybe we're not able to travel to uh, some of the major conferences just because of the, the, the distance involved or the cost involved. Uh, but if we can offer seminars, workshops, mini conferences that are able to invest in pastors and church leaders, and it's right in their backyard and it's affordable, uh, we think that'll be a blessing to them and their ministries uh, and in their churches. And then uh, more specifically, like you asked, you know, we're, we're here in Roanoke, Virginia. That's where we're headquartered. But we are right on the border of Appalachia. We are we are surrounded uh, by rural regions. I mean, you go 20 minutes outside of Roanoke, and you are in the sticks. You really are. And so, we have a heart for country and rural ministries, country parishes and rural parishes. Um, I would venture to say I don't have the hard numbers in front of me, but probably somewhere from 60 to 70 percent of the folks who take our courses and take advantage of our courses are serving in rural contexts. And that's important to us. We want to serve churches that may be overlooked, uh, often unintentionally, but overlooked by um, study centers and established institutions that are in more uh, urban areas. We want to serve the country churches. We want to serve the country pastors. We want to serve their people, offer continuing education, offer education opportunities. You know, we've got some guys that are uh, living in West Virginia, and uh, they're uh, in the pastorate right now, and they've never had the opportunity for a formal education, even though they're already ordained and pastoring. And so they often take our classes over Zoom, and they've told me what a blessing it is to them, uh, that they would have never likely had this opportunity otherwise. And so that matters a great deal to us. Uh, there are so many uh, underserved, I think, uh, folks in the pews. And so we we want to help them. We want to be a blessing to them, a blessing to their leaders and their pastors in any way that's actually useful. And so rural ministries and the unique challenges facing rural ministries have always been at our heart. And again, we're fostering some ongoing partnerships with different churches in Kentucky and in West Virginia, because uh, these areas are right on our doorstep uh, in southwestern Virginia. And so we hope to see the Lord be pleased to bless that and hopefully bring much fruit from those efforts in the years to come. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I love that. Uh, that for, for me, I, I know when I was in Mississippi at RTS Jackson, and I thought of my hometown often because I was thinking I'm learning so many things here that you know, the people in the Sunday school classes that are, are teaching and those who are deacons and, and uh, you know, I was at a Southern Baptist church back then. Uh, so the deacons and the pastors, uh, I, I thought, wow, they would benefit so much by this. And so to have uh, seminary come to them in many ways, uh, is such a blessing with Bright. And, and I really look forward, and hopefully we'll be able to, to host a course here uh, in the future, or at least in one of our area churches, um, because I can envision a few of our members who would really enjoy taking classes from Bright, and to see our people be being raised up uh, through the, the benefits of, of education uh, like Bright is offering. Yeah, and 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 that's that's one of the things that that Bright is trying to do. I mean, our our real heart, our real vision is to be a resource to the church. Our goal is to serve the church. That's that's our motto, uh, in our, our our sort of formal motto in our slogan. If you go to our website and you see our our logo, it says "Teaching the Word, Equipping the Saints, Serving the Church." That's that's part of our our three pronged um, um, mission that we have. And we don't exist for ourselves. I mean. The Lord God could shut down bright tomorrow, and it would really be no loss to the kingdom in one sense. 
because we don't exist for ourselves. We exist for the church. We want to be a resource for the church in whatever ways are useful. And so for some folks, that means taking classes with us in a, in a, a highly structured way. Uh, you know, we offer several formal structured degree programs, and we've got students that are pursuing those degree programs, and we're thrilled for that. Uh, some folks are just, like I said, lay people who just come and take classes once a week, every so often, when in meeting in one of the church buildings where we meet in our camp, our various campuses. Some folks tune in on Zoom and they join classes that way. Uh, but then also, as I said, we want to be a resource for the church, such that a church could call us up, maybe a small church with limited resources, and they could say, "Hey." Our people would really enjoy a weekend Bible conference or a weekend conference on this topic. Could Bright come and do that conference for us? And, and we, we'd be able to say yes, and we'd be delighted to come do that. Bright is able to provide the infrastructure so that the local church, the local small church or rural church, doesn't have to worry about it as much. They can call us and say, can we just have a weekend conference on the Bible? And we would say, yep, we'll organize that. We'll get two or three speakers. We'll pick a weekend. We'll come out and do it and hope that your people will be blessed by that. Or we can, you know, pick pick any other topic that you like, and we can make that happen. And um, we can we drive out there. We'll 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 stay in your the area for the weekend and have a wonderful time of teaching and fellowship, and uh, keep costs really minimal. And and your church can can host and and pull off a, a I think a, a pretty good quality uh, weekend Bible or, or theology conference that'll equip your people. And and Bright is just able to offer that, and your church doesn't have to worry about tracking down speakers and flying this person in or this that or the other. And uh, so if, if we can do that, then we're delighted to do that. And some some churches uh, were, are starting to take more and more advantage of that. Where they'll call us up and they'll say, hey, can Bright send out uh, one of your professors to be a, a, a Sunday school teacher at our church for six weeks and, and teach on, you know, I don't know, the doctrine of eschatology. Talk to us about the book of Revelation and the end times, because we're really confused about that. We could use some teaching. Or they'll call us and say, hey, can you just do a weekend conference on the Bible? And we'll come and do that. And, and that's great. Now, some of that slowed down, admittedly, because of the pandemic and all of the lockdowns, but we're starting to see that pick up again. And uh, so, yeah, like I say, it's it's at Bright, I really think there's opportunities for a person at every level, from the most highly structured, formal academic student to just the person in the pew who wants to learn more about their Bible and about the Christian faith. And so we hope to have resources that will serve everyone on that uh, from both ends of the spectrum and everyone in between in the local church. That's wonderful. And I, I've experienced this as well. So I've been able to go to one of those conferences you mentioned, and I'm hoping to have a conference here, you know, coming to a Presbyterian church. I've mentioned before that this didn't seem to be that Presbyterian. Uh, and so I, the way I even came to Peter Creek is I was asked to be a revival speaker here. Uh, and so uh, in the past they've had revivals, but we've, we tend to move toward conferences now you know, rather than doing a revival. And so I'm hoping to have one of those here with Bright. Uh, so this is my formal uh, request for, for you to, uh, to prepare for that. But I was able to attend one in Virginia. Uh, I, I think I actually just surprised you and showed up. That's right. Uh, told me that it was happening. And it was wonderful. The church was very hospitable to those who came in. Uh, but also just to hear from you and to hear from uh, the other men who were professors through Bright, but they're local church pastors as well. And they were preaching in a way that was practical. Most of those in attendance were not pastors. Right. You know, and so that's one thing I love about Bright is that we're not only going to have an educated pastor, but we're also going to see throughout Appalachia, throughout the Blue Ridge Mountains, we'll see an educated laity or just the, the people of God 
uh, growing up in Christ, and that's an encouraging thing. And, and one thing that uh, maybe you can speak to this in a moment, and so I'm going to make a statement, but it, it could be a question as well, because you can uh, take it and run with it. But I, I love the idea, too, because I think in, in some more formalized seminaries, um, you tend to get an education that allows you to pastor the ideal church. And I will just tell you, the ideal church does not exist, especially in a rural community. Right. Most of the time, I feel like the education I've received has been to pastor an ideal church in, an, in a city. Mm. And so the focus on the city has actually left a lot of us who are in rural settings uh, in the dust. I mean, we're, we're not thought of often, even though most of America and most of the churches in America like you mentioned earlier with your statistic of those who are coming to Bright even, but most of the churches are in rural settings and most of the churches are small churches. That's right. Uh, so I think Bright has something to offer uh, in, in particular in regards to that, actually. Uh, can you speak to that maybe a little bit more, even though you've already hit that topic already to no no certainly glad to no i think you're right now my my data may be a little outdated but the last i knew from the official statistics the average size church in the united states of america is 75 people 75 maybe 70 now but 70 about 75 people and as you said though the vast majority of populations are concentrated in city and urban areas in the united states in terms of individual church buildings there's far more in rural and country areas than there are in those concentrated city areas. Well, I think we should make a, a couple of things clear. There is so much important ministry that happens in city areas and in urban areas, and our, our, we're not denigrating that in any way. We're thankful for that important emphasis that's happening. This is just a different emphasis. Um, we're not arguing that one's more important than the other. We're not arguing that one's more biblical than the other. It's just different because it exists. Cities exist, so city ministry needs to happen but rural areas and regions exist. So therefore rural areas, uh, rural ministry needs to happen as well. And so that's a need that we saw was that, you know, in the past 10, 15, 20 years or so, there's been such an emphasis and, and rightly so an important emphasis on uh, city and urban ministry in, in, in various regards in, in the reformed world. But we weren't seeing as much of an emphasis on uh, rural ministry and, uh, and training and so forth. And so we thought, well, here we are at least in our little corner of the kingdom, we can fill that need or at least try to meet that need in some capacity. Uh, we don't think that we're world changers. We're just trying to be uh, faithful in the, this part of the vineyard where the Lord has planted us. And these are the resources we have. We have time, we have energy, and we have a, a cadre of well-trained ministers with whom we're connected who, are, uh, who, who have uh, various years of study and experience under their belt from a variety of denominations and they're eager to serve. Uh, these are men who are pastoring churches, uh, but they're also able and willing and, and, and have the, the time to, to, to make this kind of investment because they think that it's important. And as I said, these are men who are academically capable, PhD students, PhD graduates, and so forth. And uh, I suppose one of the things I'm particularly proud about is the, the, the range of denominational connections we've made. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you and I are both Presbyterian ministers, but we are our, our team that's here at Bright, the, the, the cadre we have, we've got Reformed Baptists, we've got some Reformed Anglicans, and amongst our, our students, we have, and, and certainly Presbyterians as well, but amongst our student body, we've been so blessed to have such a wide variety of folks 
come to take classes with us. Presbyterians, uh, Southern Baptist, Reformed Baptist, non-denom Bi- uh, Bible Church, Independents, uh, even folks from some Episcopalian churches, uh, variety of Anglican churches. Uh, I think we've even had four square gospel and assemblies of God churches. And so who knows what the Lord will do with this? Who knows what kind of uh, long-term reformation this might bring about in his church if he is so pleased to do it. Uh, but as I say, um, lots of good emphasis for city ministry we were seeing, but not as much emphasis on rural ministry. And so here we are in Roanoke. Sir, yeah, we're in a city, but we're surrounded by a rural region. And we thought, let's try that. Let's try to take a different tack. Not, not Again, not more important, not less important, just different. And let's see if we can emphasize ways we can serve the rural church and the country parishes in a way that's going to be a blessing for the church. Yeah, so the Appalachian Reformation Network is going to benefit from Brown because of this. Uh, this kind of a partnership is ideal. Uh, for one thing, for us to be able to do this on our own, we, we wouldn't be able to. Uh, but you, uh, with Bright, we're, we're able to, to gain so much help and benefit from what Bright has to offer within our network. Uh, so the churches in uh, the church in Fort Gay, when they have their pastor's conference, Salt Peter Community Church, Bright could be there and, and easily help uh, with that conference to be a resource to them, to be an encouragement to them. Uh, if First Baptist Williamson, they often have conferences too, uh, you know, and so to have you come and be a part of that or even have an intensive class uh, to be offered, uh, I can see this as such a benefit and help to these churches. And then also to just kind of speaking of the flexibility that you offer with Bright. I know for me, uh, I'm quite a few miles away from you. Uh, right. Unfortunately, I wish we were closer so we could be together more often. Right. But the fact that Bright has allowed me to to take classes at a distance in a flexible style, not only via Zoom, but even on my own, working at my own pace, has been a helpful thing. And um, so the flexibility that Bright has. And what what you're offering, the wide range, and you're offering a, a full load of, of courses. It's not like Bride is only offering one or two courses, but you're 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 covering all of the bases and providing a thorough education for pastors and for lay people. And this is a, a wonderful a wonderful thing that the Lord has brought about in this season uh, for this purpose. Yeah, and in many ways, so this is not my insight. Someone else said this to me a couple of years ago, but it's almost like Bright is a 21st century iteration of the Log College in, in its own way. Um, for folks who may not know, the Log College is in, in some ways the predecessor to what is now Princeton Seminary. Uh, depending on who you are, some scholars would dispute that claim, but just for the sake of argument, the Log College is basically the predecessor for Princeton Theological Seminary. And Log College was uh, in, in a rural context, and it was a, a fully trained minister who got his who, who got his his uh, theological degree from a formal institution, but he was serving on the frontier. And as Christianity was growing, as the church was growing, he saw the need to plant and start new churches. But there just wasn't it wasn't a practical thing for him to take the young men who were considering ordained ministry and send them back to those major institutions and then bring them back to the frontier three or four years later. So basically, what he did was there'd be a, a minister in residence at the Log College, and he would gather around him four, five, six, seven young men, and they would learn from him. It was a one-room, maybe two-room college uh, in, in, the, in the log cabin, and he would teach them their Greek and their Hebrew and their 
church history and their systematic theology and their their exegetical courses. They would learn from a a man in an active pastoral ministry, you know, learning in live fire context, and he would be their mentor and their tutor, and he would train up a new generation of pastors under him. Uh, and then the, the the wider presbytery would come, and they would examine these men to make sure they were thoroughly ed- educated and and able, and they would ordain them, and then they would send them out to plant churches or to pastor churches that existed. And then he would have another uh, group of young men come in and study under him. And so in some ways, uh, we're like a 21st century iteration of that. We're trying to serve a unique um, demographic with unique life circumstances, again, not in competition with the other institutions, just as a complement to their efforts. And, uh, and our, our, I guess, suppose a, one way that we're a, bit, a little bit different, a variety, is we're not seeking to serve just uh, ordained men or future ordained men. We're, we're broadening that reach to the lay people uh, as well. And so I, that's that's when 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 that guy said that Bright is like a 21st century version of the law college, we took that as a high compliment. We appreciated that. Oh, absolutely. That's that's a wonderful compliment. And it is a wonderful thing that's happening uh, through through the ministry uh, of Bright right now with that. As you mentioned that it reminded me of something uh, through one seminary president I've heard this conversation, and and he mentions that seminaries exist because churches do not do their jobs. And I think that's actually a a fairly accurate statement. And one of the things I love about Bright, even though it's a seminary, and even though it's providing theological education, it's still so attached to the church that it's as if the church is doing it anyway, uh, if I can put it that way. There's yeah. a sense where the church is training its its pastors through Bright. You know, Bright is a resource, a tool, as you've mentioned, to come alongside of a church to be able to train um, ministers and then also the people within it as well. And so that's a blessing to me because I think too often there are there are people who go to seminary, there are guys who go to seminary and they and they're trained at the seminary and then they get to a church and they don't know what to do mm-hmm. because they can't connect it from the classroom to the church. And so what Bright is doing is providing an opportunity to learn and study within the church. I, I believe the way it should be rather than being um, outside of the church. And not, not every seminary is that way. I don't think. Right. And in fact, you and I know from our experience at RTS, like we were preaching on the circuit meaning each week we were being sent out by the seminary to preach at various churches. So every week while we were studying in classes and being poured into there, we were able to, to utilize that and then to see it come to fruition in the church. And many students were interns at churches in the area. Um, but I do think there's something to what Bright's doing and its connection to the church. Yeah, no, I think that's right. You know, and, and like you said, we, we have, happy connections and, and happy partnerships with, with a number of the established theological seminaries that we love. I mean, we've had, uh, one of the things we do is we do an annual winter conference that's for our students and for lay people. And what we try to do is bring in an outside speaker, uh, usually a well-known professor from one of the major institutions. And so we've brought in um, various professors from Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. We've brought in guest professors from Reformed Theological Seminary. Uh, we're hoping in, in the next couple of years to have uh, guest uh, professors from Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary and Westminster Seminary Philadelphia again. And we're, we're happy for that. We're thrilled. Our folks love that. 
And we've, we've even had a couple of guys who started their studies with Bright, and then later, uh, uh, through, through God's kindness and providence, they were able to transfer and, and pursue the continual, uh, the, the rest of their degree at one of those traditional seminaries. They were given a wonderful scholarship opportunity, and so they, they transferred on over to one of those seminaries. And that's fine. We're happy to serve in that way. We really are. Um, but as you said, for, for those for whom that may not be an option, in our region, or in particular life circumstances, we're here to serve. And uh, when we started this thing I, back in 2016, that was kind of the, the watchword of our effort was church-based theological education, like you said. And uh, you know, most of the churches that are involved in this effort are smaller churches with one pastor. And even then, he may not always be a full-time pastor. He may be a bivocational pastor. And so any one pastor doing this by himself in, in the kind of the classic log college model would probably very quickly feel overwhelmed and like he was he was drowning in trying to keep up with all this. But we thought if we can pool our efforts and we can pool our resources so that one man doesn't have to be doing this all by himself, but we can share the load, it suddenly becomes a lot more doable. So, you know, if Sean Morris is trying to teach, you know, 50, 60 different guys a full theological curriculum while also serving in a local church as a pastor, that's impossible. That's just impossible. But if Sean Morris is teaching the church history classes and his co-pastor Kyle is teaching some of the Old Testament classes and our Reformed Baptist pastor friend is teaching the Greek classes and another Presbyterian pastor is teaching the systematic theology classes and another Baptist pastor is teaching some of the New Testament classes, suddenly it's not so overwhelming and it's a lot more doable when we're, our, our various churches are sharing the load, various pastors are sharing the load, teaching one class here or there, uh, meeting in different buildings and things like that. Again, pooling our efforts and pulling our energies, it becomes a lot more doable uh, than just any one group or any one individual trying to go at it alone. And so it really is church-based theological education from a variety of churches coming together uh, to pull this off. It really is a team effort. And so we're so thankful for that and, and God's kindness in that. Yeah, that, that's been a, a wonderful thing to see. And that's really the best thing that we can do. I mean, we're Appalachia Reformation Network for a reason. Uh, the network idea, the mentality, we're better together. Uh, we are going to work together. We have to work together. Um, there are, there, there's a, a plentiful harvest. The laborers are few, uh, but if the laborers are working together, uh, it's, it's much better for that. Uh, let me, um, I, I do believe we're coming to a close on this episode. Let me ask you, how can, Someone, let's say someone's listening to this. They're they're loving to hearing about Bright. Uh, you know, tell us how we can find out more information about Bright. Where we can go to? Uh, do you have a website? I mean, you mentioned the website already, but tell us where we can find that. But also, too, maybe there's someone that would like to support Bright. I'm I'm sure Bright would benefit from the pooling not only of uh, the pastors and teachers, but also resources. And so, how can how can uh, people support Bright as well. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for asking that. There's there's a treasure trove of information at our website, and you can find that at www.bright-va.org, and that's spelled B-R-I-T-E-V-A.org. And uh, right there on the main landing page, you'll find a couple of videos, and you can just click those videos, and they're they're short, and they're professionally produced, and that'll give you a little uh, insight or window or overview uh, into the efforts that we're doing. Uh, you'll hear from some of our faculty members, some of our uh, board of trustees members, and they'll, they'll be talking about uh, what Bright is up to and what we're hoping to accomplish and how we're trying to serve the church in our region. And uh, you can scroll through the website. You can see 
uh, information on the classes we're offering right now and in the coming semester. You can learn more about our different instructors and some of their information. You can learn about the different campuses where classes are being offered and things of that nature. And uh, again, yeah, uh, Bright is, is, a, is a nonprofit organization. We rely uh, so much on the support of churches and individuals and friends to do what we do. Uh, you know, we keep our tuition deliberately very low because we don't want it to be a burden uh, for the students who are taking those courses. And so because of that, the bills that we have to pay are not even close to being covered by those tuition charges. So we rely so much uh, and we have a growing network of, of churches and individual donors who are supporting our efforts. But we really do rely so much uh, on those donors and on those supporters uh, to meet our financial needs. And so if you would at all be interested uh, in getting behind this effort, we would be so grateful for that. Uh, Bright is a is a 501c3 registered nonprofit, so any donation is tax deductible. Uh, and you can go online and you can give via credit card right on the website and give a secure donation that way. Or if, if a person wanted to simply write a check and send a check in the mail uh, to the Bright offices, uh, the, the mailing address is listed there on the website, and that's that's an option as well. And, and again, all, all donations are tax deductible. Uh, Bright is a, is a 501c3 uh, charitable organization. And uh, we would be so so grateful for that if someone would, uh, folks would be interested in uh, prayerfully considering uh, that effort and investing in this corner of the kingdom in that way. Amen, amen. Well, thank you um, for for sharing with us about Bright. Uh, we are so thankful for the ministry of the Blue Ridge Institute of Theological Education. Uh, I'm thankful for you as the academic dean there and the encouragement that you've provided uh, me. And so we're, we're thankful to see what the Lord has in store uh, for Bright and even our little partnership here uh, with the Appalachian Reformation Network. And so thanks again for listening to Appalachian Reformation Network. Uh, this is Kelly Baldridge and Sean Morris. So thank you for listening.